0: A Lifetime original podcast.
1: You know who I'm talking about, though. Absolutely not. <laughs> i never seen it. So I don't know. Oh, Naomi. I love a Lifetime movie.
0: That's my best impersonation,
1: one, two. Okay, you know this is a funeral, not a club. There's no Disney in Ukraine. Can the record show I did not touch this child?
0: This ain't Hollywood. You can afford a hotel in Anaheim. However,
1: you did say something that I just, it really tickled my ear. Strip Jenga.
0: If you pull a block successfully, you can be like, take off a sock. (laughs) He knows how hard it is to charge
2: someone
3: for sexual assault. He always wins. He raised you as his protege. You need to start thinking like him.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of I Love a Lifetime Movie. I am one of your hosts, Naomi Ekparrigan, here with... The woman of my dreams, quite honestly. Yeah, I put it out there, okay? Even though she is married. Miss Megan Gailey. Hello, <sighs> Megan Gailey.
0: You're the woman of my dreams, too. That's yes.
1: so nice of you to say. I do think I'm needier than you would want in a lover.
0: But the thing is, I'm extremely needy. Um, So maybe, <laughs> d- does two needies make a right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But speaking of being me being married, I had a very... Like, quote unquote, innocent dream last night where I was on a date with the guy that had gray hair on the TV show Catfish. What? <laughs> And this dream was like so elaborate. Like (laughs) we were at a Sunday place in my hometown. There was merch of another comedian there. And I was like, do you know her? I love her. And he goes, I dated her. Um, Oh, good God. We were holding hands. Like it was so much. I told CJ about it this morning and he was like, all right, good luck, honey.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Had you watched Catfish recently? No. So this was just like in your mind, your mind maze. It was pulled out. That's insane. I've never seen catfish. It's so I don't, good. even though it's like I get it, but don't they have like dramatic meetings? Honestly, honestly, yeah. Megan, we have to stop because we can't be using this lifetime podcast to talk about other programming, okay? okay. We I'm have gonna... to focus. And Sorry. cause today's movie is like <laughs> hot, hot, hot. Okay. <laughs> Riled up. Y'all, we are here to tell you all about the movie The Good Father, the Martin McNeil story. Oh, my God, it's a new premiere. It came out last weekend. It is based on the true story of Dr. Martin McNeil, a Utah doctor whose true nature comes to light after the death of his wife. And, honey,
0: it comes to light. Yes. It is wild. Naomi, I think you watched some of it, too. I watched a two-hour special on the real story. And that was called The Perfect Nanny. Um, wow. And, okay. Yes, and so, and that was unbeknownst to me that like we were going to be doing this film. And so I got so excited and I, I loved that special. It's obviously like terror. It's strange to say you love something when like people die, right. but I thought the special was really well done. And I thought this movie was excellent.
1: Well, look, the performances are out of this world. Have some of my favorites, okay? We're talking Tom Everett Scott, who I've loved since that thing you do. You know what I'm saying? We're talking Charisma Carpenter, Cordelia Chase herself. And yes, we will be interviewing Charisma at the end of today's recap. And yes, I'm very excited. And I also thought the daughter was amazing. Mm -hmm. Look, Megan, we're just talking about how much we love everything. We got to get into it.
4: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: So, this movie starts with just a, a, a sweet, auburn haired woman in a banquet hall, okay? And she is presenting an award. So, I'm immediately thinking of Killer Twin. You know, when yeah. someone starts off winning an award, it lets you know that there is a reputation here.
2: It is such a pleasure to bestow the honor of Sunday School Teacher of the Year Award to my father. I know what a good teacher he is because he taught me everything he knows.
1: Sunday School Teacher of the Year. The question is, was that competitive? Okay? This is... I mean, this is how you establish this is a perfect person. Mm-hmm. Listen listen to daughter Alexis talk about her wonderful father as she presents the award. Listen to this.
2: And some of you know him as a decorated veteran who graduated cum laude from both medical and law school. But I'll always know him as dad. Come on up here and accept this award, dad.
1: Dad is a medical and law school graduate. It's like, okay, I'm sorry. There are not enough years here for all of that to have happened. Do
0: you know what I mean? That's like, sometimes you hear politicians. um, It's not a rap sheet when it's good. Resume, thank you. Um, (laughs) Sometimes you hear politicians' resumes and you're like, that is so impressive for you to be this much of a a dork. Like a, (laughs) a loser. Like a loser. You'd be like, you did all this and you're still just an, Ugly loser. So, you're talking about the politicians you don't like? Yeah, I'm talking about like Ted Cruz. It's okay. like, you yeah, yeah, went yeah, yeah, to yeah. school? What school? <laughs> Where?
1: Oh my God. Look, dad is perfect, so it seems. Yeah, and God. clearly, daughter Alexis loves him. And, you know, to make you really sure that dad is good, he is played by Tom Everett Scott, as I said, He's from That Thing You so Do, Heavenly. He's like he looks a real. Great. He, he looks, looks great. great. He's a very, like, aw shucks everyman. Like, that's his vibe. And so he starts off, you know, and like, when he, when he wins the award and he gets up there, you know, a lot of white people are clapping, you know, and they're just really happy. Because I did notice, I was like, everybody in this room is white. That's how you know it's about to be dangerous.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You and there I mean? was like a little golf joke at some point. Some of you know him
2: as the unbeatable adversary on the golf course.
0: You'll lose someday, Martin. Oh, yes. White people love golf jokes. And then he gets up there and he's like, how about my daughter, Alexis? Now, I watched this movie with my mom, Peggy. Um, We watched it in bed on my computer on a food tray that I've been eating off of. And so I am going to have some Peggy thoughts in here. But my mom and I thought he both said, I bought my daughter, Alexis. (laughs) Instead of how about my daughter Alexis, <laughs> yes, which would be so funny if someone gave like such a nice speech, and then you go, I bought them Alexis. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, Oh, he's like a cool, funny dad. And then I was like, Oh no, he said, How about my daughter Alexis? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god. Then he dedicates the award to his wife Michelle, played by Charisma Carpenter. And it's like you can tell. I mean, if this ain't a tight lip smile, honey, yeah. I don't know what is. She's just like, mm-hmm, cool. Mm-hmm. Like, she is not having it. She looks really pissed. And basically, as soon as the award ceremony is over, he's like, I gotta go to work. And mom is like, what? what? I don't it's,
0: know. <laughs> it's Sunday at, like, 7.30. I know.
5: I have to swing by the office. Now? Yeah, it'll just be a minute, honey, I promise. Hey, guys, thanks so much for the very special day.
2: It's okay, mom. I'll help put the girls bed
1: so the whole thing is like Alexis is in med school but she is home for the summer and basically it seems like she is parenting because Alexis basically puts her younger sisters to bed makes them brush their teeth reads them a story and then mom is just in her bedroom stressed out and then tells Alexis I think your dad is cheating on me because he's either working or at the gym
2: you don't seriously think that <sighs> I know he's phone's always ringing and he's leaving the room to go answer it well have you considered that those are his patients calling he has to keep those calls confidential <sighs> dad loves you i just wish i knew for sure
1: now megan you and peggy are very close mm-hmm. has peggy ever given you tea <coughs> on your dad why do you think i'm in therapy uh-huh okay so it happens it happens to y'all and it's too much It's Mm. too much. It's very stressful to hear now.
0: um, Peggy never takes the the McNeil family book, but it is you know now these daughters that are younger, like they're much younger. They're like twenty years younger than Alexis, and it does make you wonder. And they're adopted. And it makes you be like, did they adopt them because they knew they had this built in help? Like because so (laughs) much of it is falling on to Alexis. And we know from having seen some of um, some specials about the real family that there were actually two older daughters that were doing all of this. And so that like I'm happy in real life that there were two daughters doing this because I'm like too much is falling on Alexis. She has like. She's got to study. Why is she even here?
1: Well, hello. In real, They had eight children. And they mentioned this in the movie where she's like, yeah. you have eight kids to take care of. That's too many kids. Okay? Yeah. And it's like the fact that all of this stuff could even go on in a world where there are eight children.
0: It is just like wild to me. Okay? When, when someone has three kids, I'm like, are you a billionaire? Is your last name <laughs> Bezos? How do you do this? You know? Like eight children is such a, at that point, you're collecting antique cars. You know, like right. you're in <laughs> such a different tax bracket that I can't even begin to understand what your life is.
1: Do you get a tax break for every child? Is that like maybe a reason so. to have a kid? No. Is that it's like not a an, reason I should have a kid?
0: No, it's not enough. I mean, oh, cause okay. what what's the when the research comes out, it's like a kid costs from like soup to nuts. 500K to raise. Yeah, a million,
1: honey. if you send him yeah. to one of those fancy schools. And I
0: think a tax breaks like five grand a year. Oh, well, so, no. I'm gonna no. stick with not having them. Okay, great. Yeah. Glad
1: to know. <laughs> now, here's a question, though. Has Peggy ever asked you to access any phone records for other family members? Because that is what Michelle McNeil yeah.
0: asks yeah. Alexis. Mm-hmm. No. Um Peggy <laughs> knows that I don't have those skills. And I don't even <laughs> think she would know that you could do that. You know? Like, <laughs> that doesn't... Yeah. She... She'd be like, can, yeah, there's no way. I mean, my dad's not technologically savvy. He, we could just catch him by following him in like right behind him. <laughs> Literally, just be like, okay, I'm going to be in the car driving behind you. And he'll be like, okay, I'll lead you to where I'm going. <laughs> but that's the same is not, cannot be said for. Martin McNeil, because he's
1: a slippery one. Ooh, he's slippery, honey. He's an eel, all right? But it also is like, him and Alexis seem to be besties, basically. Yes. She, knows she's going to be a doctor, like her dad. And then we actually see her, she's on summer vacation, and she is like at the clinic where her dad works, and she is, basically, she's shadowing him.
5: Well, I think your health is good. What do you think, Alexis?
2: I think... Increased cardiovascular exercise, a diet low in fat, high in fiber, and omega-3s.
1: There's nothing I hate more. When I come to the doctor and then there's like some student or assistant, you know, somebody's like, Mm -hmm. I'm not here to be a teaching tool, okay? I'm here to get my shit handled. I'm here to get my things handled, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I don't need you to be taking these breaks to explain to this student what it all means. Or even worse, if the student
0: tries to give me medical advice, I'm like, I don't know her, okay? Oh, wow. I can't okay. take it, I can't take it. Well, I love that you gendered the doctor female um, because we do need more women in the medical profession, especially at the at the highest level. I, um, I honestly, when I see someone else coming in, I go, good, more audience. You know, because when I'm at the <laughs> doctor, I am like, I'm I, every bit, I'm throwing. You it's, are? It's what I'm doing in the checkout lane of the grocery store times a thousand. Oh, I get that. Cause I definitely do that too in the doctor's office. Like I'm very
1: like, because my theory is if I can kind of like build a rapport with them, they're less likely to kill me or at least Absolutely. be more invested in me living, you know? Yes. So I, I definitely like feel you on that rapport thing.
0: Yes. Okay. So Dr. McNeil and his daughter are attending to this patient and then Dr. McNeil gets a phone call. He says it's another patient with an emergency, but as Alexis watches him on the call, We can tell that it does not feel like an emergency. He is very smitten and familiar with whoever is on the other line. Right. And then she starts to investigate his calls and she starts highlighting, and you see
1: the same number over and over, and it is a woman's number, and it's late at night. And I'm telling you, this Martin McNeil is slippery, honey. In this movie, he has an answer for everything. Listen to this
5: She's a tenant. She rents the house in Lehigh.
3: I thought the Garcias were there.
5: They left two months ago, so I started renting to Jillian Willis and her friends.
4: Why are you on the phone with each other after midnight? She's
5: a nursing student. She's doing a residency. Lexi, tell her what those hours are like.
4: Yeah. See? I told you, Mom. Okay. Well, that explains the phone records, but it doesn't explain the disappearances.
5: I was hoping I wouldn't have to tell you this.
4: What's going on?
5: They found something on my foot. What is it? It's it's cancer. It's melanoma.
0: I don't think he has cancer. I know. I didn't think he had cancer. Immediately
1: I was like you ain't got no kind of cancer because how do you not tell your spouse that you have cancer? And it's like well I didn't want to worry you. This don't make no kind of sense about nothing. Yeah. After this admission quote unquote from the father. The next day we see Michelle and Martin. Also can we just Michelle and Martin McNeil. Michelle and Martin yeah. McNeil. I'm like, oh lord, I wonder if you just got married for that. Um anyway, you see them dancing in the kitchen together and they're like loverly, you know, as though, okay, mom is feeling loved again. there's are connected. They're
0: sharing ear pods
1: oh yeah they're I guess yeah they're hearing the same song one in each year I was like gross
0: what are you teens on the L? (laughs) I know it's
1: very teens and then dad's like gotta go to a doctor's appointment and it's funny because when he says that I'm like do you mean you have an appointment with a patient or you have an appointment with a doctor you know what I mean I'm like which appointment are you going to he meant cancer
5: please don't make that face don't worry about me I'm gonna be fine
1: Mom is like, I've got some news. And she sounds very upbeat about it. Yeah. And so Alexis is like, okay. And I'm thinking like, great. They're going to go on a lover's vacay. You know, like they're going to have another kid. But no, no, no. Mom's like, I'm getting a facelift. (sighs) Megan, as someone who has done botulinum toxin. Yeah. How do you feel about facelifts?
0: Um, Listen, if that's something like someone wants to do, I I say, more power to you mm-hmm. but it comes out very shortly that this was a suggestion of martin yes. and that michelle's like okay that sounds like a good idea i mean like <laughs> this is a woman who's in the throes of trying to keep her marriage together right and so i i never you should never get anything done to your physical appearance. I don't even think you should get bangs if you don't want them. <laughs> like that's especially not like a man telling you. That's really like if anything, I I would imagine she would go in for a consultation. I would hope a plastic surgeon would hear that and go, oh no. I but will I not do think, it. I don't think, all, think that's what But happens. also it's
1: so crazy because she says too, where she's like, well, you see how good your father looks? And I'm 50. And it's like, yes, but you are being played by Charisma Carpenter. And I just don't understand. I'm like, no, no, Henny. Yeah. Charisma, you're flawless. Because you know Charisma's 51. Flawless. Okay, or she is giving us the look. So it's like even harder for me to deal with the fact that she's getting a facelift, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, don't do that. How dare he? How dare he?
0: People die. I mean, yeah. plastic surgery, it's it's, it's no, no joke. joke.
1: It's really right. no joke. That's that. I'm like very scared of it for um, obviously that reason. I think it's also because I'm a pessimist. So in general, if there's ever anything elective, I always just assume the worst case scenario would happen to me, right? Like mm-hmm. if I were to choose it, I'm like, oh no, I'll be dead on the table. Yeah, for
0: your husband to say you should get a facelift, I, I honestly feel like that's, a, that's like, okay, I got to go. Like, I'm taking our eight kids. I know. (laughs) But it's like, but,
1: you know, we're talking about how you said, you know, like, would a plastic surgeon even do this surgery? Like, you know, if you hear the husband wants it. Well, Megan, these doctors have very loose moral codes because after she has a surgery, the doctor's talking to Martin, you know, doctor to doctor. Mm -hmm. And lists all the medications that Martin has requested for Mm -hmm. her to have after surgery.
5: Solpidem, oxycodone, acetaminophen, diazepam,
6: cephalexin, hydrocodone, bitartrate.
5: You don't know my wife.
0: And he's like, um, these are like a lot of drugs that I normally wouldn't prescribe. And the doctor does flag it, but then it's like, okay. And you have to remember, like, this is Utah. Where like, you can have multiple wives. So (laughs) this is not a place where women necessarily have the agency that you or I have been instilled upon having.
1: Yes. Yes, yes, yes. If
0: yes. Sadly. I mean, it is I just feel like this doctor should have had his,
1: should have his license revoked. It's like yeah. what are you doing? Cuz literally Martin's like, "Well, we should just have them on hand. She's an anxious person." And it's like you have been gaslighting this woman for 25 years. Yeah. I think she's actually fine. And even Alexis, you know, and again, Alexis, you know, she's in med school. She's smart. And so she's like, dad, are we sure?
5: She doesn't need to take it all, but we need to have it on hand. She's a very anxious person. She didn't sleep the whole week leading up to the operation. She needs sleep to heal.
1: That's true. And then dad just bounces like he can't care. Megan, he cannot care. The evil of this man is Mm -hmm. so blatant that I can't even handle it. Okay. It makes no sense. And then mom says she's starting to heal. You know, she's feeling better. Mm-hmm. But then she's still not confident in the relationship. So she's had this facelift. Yeah. She has gone through this excruciating pain Ugh. to win this man over. And then she, she's still not sure. He won't even watch her while she recovers. I mean, no. this, he's honestly, this is one of, this is one of the worst husbands Met. in all of Lifetime movies and the fact that this is based on a real human I is know. even harder. It's really I hard. know.
0: The, Sometimes the real husbands are scarier than the fictional ones.
1: I know. It's crazy.
0: But the time has come, Lexi's like, I have to go back to med school and you yeah. can tell she's very torn because her yeah. mom does not seem in a good place. But at this point, She's missed weeks of right. rough <laughs> school that I don't even think you can miss an hour. Yeah. Um, so the next day, Lexi is back in, she's in Henderson, which is where my mother-in-law oh. lives. So I was like, Hey, go check on Helen. That's outside um, of Vegas. Yeah, it's like oh, a okay. suburb of Vegas.
3: Okay. And
0: um, she gets a call on her pink razor phone and I if imagine. I was not transported back to college, <laughs> oh my God, I was like, oh, answer it! It could be a Kappa Sig. <laughs> I was so, when I saw that pink Razor phone, I was like, oh my God, I want one again. Um. So she, the dad's like, I don't have time to talk to somebody or Mr. Tess. it's mom, it's mom, I don't have time to blah, 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 blah. And then she like runs out of the school and then she gets a call back.
5: Lexi, she's gone.
0: Gone, what do you mean? What do you mean Gone
5: i'm so sorry
2: i don't i don't understand what no
1: no she can't be gone y'all y'all we are 15 minutes in this woman has had doubts shown phone records gotten a facelift and died in 15 minutes it's a lot Lifetime don't play Lifetime yep. don't play So Lexi has to go back home To Utah of course And listen to dad Explain what happened When Lexi is like This don't make no sense
5: She was slumped over the tub Her head was underwater Submerged I told Jeannie, Go next door and get help I think she fell in Trying to put the plug in She had a gash on her head I struggled trying to pull her out tried giving her CPR, but it was no use. And I didn't call 911 until I got her out of the water. Maybe if I made the call before I got her out. Oh, Lexi.
1: <laughs> okay, um, even as he is telling this, crocodile tears. Yeah. Crocodile tears. I was like, you are so fake. And it's so funny, because it's like, Tom Everett Scott, the actor, is giving us bad acting on purpose right like he's acting as a person doing bad acting and that's just a layered performance that's yeah. a layered performance a layered approach to the work
0: because like we love him i think you can yeah. tell from i mean i love that thing you do probably mm-hmm. in my top 10 favorite films of all time and he's just like so charming and handsome yeah. and cool and in this you're like i hate you I so know. it is but it's i was like sad to be mad at him i know i know um, oh. yeah this this explanation it makes no sense and what's so horrific about it is that the youngest daughter is who found her oh, um my God. and and obviously that was orchestrated by him right because right. he's bad and it and it's just like what evil are you for exactly. your 6-year-old to then have to be a part of this
1: i know i know it's it's really just it's so unhinged and yeah and so you're so it's, it, it's a tough watch because it gets a little frustrating, right? When you're watching someone and you're like, I know they're evil and you just have to watch this play out, right? And yeah. so it's so frustrating. But immediately I am into Alexis because it feels like she doesn't stay too naive. Because for instance, basically a cop comes and hands them autopsy results and they're like, she died of natural causes.
2: What about the toxicology report? It's unlikely to change the findings of the autopsy. This was just a terrible accident.
1: And I was like, okay, she is not going to, she's not going to let this stand.
0: I know. And that's like when I was kind of like, listen, Martin, your little plan for your daughter to be your protege is going to backfire because if you'd sent her to law school instead, she wouldn't know about all this, but she's in medical school. And so you have someone next to you who hasn't been practicing as long as you, but has the same skill set as you now, and you're about to go toe to toe with her. And that's exactly what happens.
1: Exactly. So then, like later on, Lexi finds Dad, and he's like all emotional and he's stressed out. But then also, he randomly prescribed ADD medication to one of the young girls. But it was for him. But then s- tells Lexi it was for him when she finds it, and you're kind of like, what? But that's like how that's like how you're a good liar, right? Yeah. If you if you lie, but in but in doing so, you kind of make yourself look a little bad. Yeah, you think, oh well, he must be telling the truth because why would he admit that he filled a false prescription? Right. And little do you know, he's filling a lot of false things. Right. Okay, that's, that's his like life. The tip.
0: Yeah, you got to give a little bit. You got to give the tip. Exactly. That's not what I meant to. That's not. Well, yeah, I you meant did. You stay. said just
1: the tip. You said no, it. I said I'll you hold you do it. The tip. You but said but just I can't the tip. Give I heard it. just <laughs> the tip.
0: I mean, I get twenty five percent. You know what I mean? That of I am a big tipper
1: oh my goodness so basically he's like you know what I think we need a nanny I'm so emotional about the death and I was like okay girl bye but while that's happening another white woman comes in Uh, into our story we meet Linda Clough Michelle's sister and she goes into the police station and is like
5: can I help
3: you my name is Linda Clough my sister Michelle McNeil died recently I'd like to speak to whoever's handling her case
0: She's got files and she's got a short curly bob. And so you're like, wow, okay, I'm here for Linda. I know, I'm very into Linda. So the next time we see everybody is at the funeral. And I know this to be very... Real to what happens in real life, unfortunately. So the dad is giving a eulogy. He's got a black suit, black shirt, gray tie. Not a good look. Um, (laughs) It's like, uh, the black suit would have been enough. But okay, you went all Johnny Cash on us. (laughs) And he's really making it about him. Linda is there and she's like... (sighs) You're Glaring,
1: I know. She's glaring at him.
0: And then like a femme fatale, like like a sexy woman. Out of 1940s film, exactly. Yes, a sexy woman in a knockoff DVF wrap dress (laughs) comes up with big sunglasses and just showing off her curvy body and she's like watching all of this from afar and it's like got real what you do in here bitch energy. Yeah and it was like a lot because
1: it's like okay you know this is a funeral not the club why you up in here looking all sexual okay and it's like you're leaned against a tree in shadow but very obvious a large sunglass I was like okay like whatever you think you're doing if you think you're being slick you ain't being slick no okay. And so after the funeral, Linda goes up to Lexi and is like trying to talk to her. Because basically, you know, Linda is like, "Okay,
3: there is something about your father that I think that you should know. I hesitated to
2: tell you, but I I know he has cancer. You know, he tells me everything. He just didn't want to worry the girls. (sighs) Lexi, please. Let's talk later.
6: okay? Oh,
1: God. I was I was very frustrated. I was like, listen, Aunt Linda, listen, Aunt Linda. I'm sure she got something real good to tell us. But yeah. Lexi was like, I can't take it.
0: No, Lexi's like, I gotta go greet people. I'm sure there's little <laughs> sandwiches, my sisters. Now, Naomi, I don't well, I don't have sisters. You don't have sisters. Yeah. I was wondering if we don't have sisters, who will investigate our wrongful death cases?
1: We have to now it's up to each other. I'll okay. investigate yours, you'll investigate mine. Okay. That's what we're gonna have to do.
0: We are lifetime sisters.
1: Exactly. Because it's like this is without someone who's like, no, Pushing. this would never. You need yeah. someone to push. Nothing yeah. gets done without the push. Mm-hmm. I mean, my God. Again, what have I said on this pod? If not for white women helping other white women, how would murders get solved?
0: Okay? I. It's crucial. Def- not the police. Not, and, not the problem. And that's definitely on display later in this film. Absolutely. Okay. So Alexis and her dad are leaving the um, medical center a few days later, and a woman named Gypsy comes up
6: i don't know if you remember me you treated me for a fractured ankle a few years ago oh yes
5: you have an unforgettable name an
2: unforgettable (sighs) name that he forgot (sighs) i'm alexis i'm his daughter hi nice to meet you i'm gypsy
5: gypsy that's it yes
0: (laughs) (laughs) and lexi's like weren't you at the funeral and she's like she's like no 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 no
1: no, you're talking about (laughs) Also, I need you to know that Gypsy is wearing a leopard print blouse, okay? She, like, comes in here in full leopard print with her run-in. And also, can we just listen to how clearly staged this run-in is?
6: Listen to this. I actually don't live here anymore. I moved back to be a nanny for a family, and then they changed their minds, didn't even give me any notice, so. A nanny? Yeah.
5: Oh, God works in mysterious ways.
6: What? What's going on? Is there a joke I'm running on?
5: Not a joke. Maybe a job offer.
1: Okay, when he goes, a nanny? I almost spit out my cranberry juice. Yes, I was drinking crayon. A nanny? It was
0: like, oh my God, you are so messy. We don't know the acting caliber in Utah. You know, (laughs) I'm sure Gypsy did like one play in high school. Yeah. Okay. So next thing we know, Gypsy is at the house, rings the doorbell and... (laughs) <laughs> I mean,
1: she's just, real first of all, just the way they also sex. shoot her, she like comes out of the yeah. cab and the camera like focuses on her rear and she is swishing, honey. She is coming in there to get hers. It is yeah. a sexual energy and you have yes. to remember her name is Gypsy.
0: And you have to remember she's there to be a nanny. And I can't think of a worse name than Gypsy for someone you're hiring to be your nanny. And Gypsy's not even a real name. Her real name's Jillian. Ugh. And she's like, no, I think I'll go by Gypsy.
1: <laughs> it's really nice of her to let you know she's suspect. You know what I mean? She's like, well, you mm-hmm. know what? What can really just show people yeah. from a really quickly that I should not be engaged with? Um, Anyway, Alexis tries to give Gypsy the rundown on the girls, and Gypsy is just not paying attention at all. No. She's While like, this is on all face happening." <laughs> she's getting settled in the bedroom. She is putting away leopard print pajamas. Okay, clearly Gypsy is feral. That is what the movie wants to convey to us. She is animal print. Okay, she but, like, is a predator. She is I- terrifying.
0: I love animal print. I have a dang leopard metallic wall behind me right now. It's I think leopard is my neutral. So <laughs> this was tough. This was tough for me,
1: you know. But I but you know, it felt like such a clear marker of like her as of course. Fatal- you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like, "Okay, wow, wow, wow." And it's just it's just funny to me how quickly the mask falls off basically gypsy is just like really meeting her and immediately is like yeah i don't care i don't care she's like like, i don't care about these kids and it's like yeah okay wow that was very quick guys yeah you're not even gonna make
0: one easy mac like it's (laughs) not even these aren't babies you're not gonna have to like i think you could pretend to like i don't know look at your phone next to them for a day it's really (laughs) all being a nanny is that's really all it is (laughs)
1: oh my god but thank god finally lexi does call aunt linda and it's like what did you want to talk
0: about (laughs) yeah i think i'm ready to hear this now
1: what
2: you wanted to tell me about dad it wasn't about his cancer was it no
3: in fact i um i did some digging with friends at the clinic after you told me that and he doesn't have cancer
1: and Lex is like, I'll be right over. And <laughs> I was like, okay, yes, perfect. We huh. also just need to talk about how Aunt Linda knows all this information. Because isn't she like an accountant? But she has friends at the hospital. She has well, friends in legal. She's got
0: friends in high places. She works in insurance and insurance. she does like the investigations for it. So, like if She's you're a if you're investigator, house, yeah, yes, if your house is on fire, then right, they right, go right. in and it's like, did you set the fire? Did right, so you right, can right, get insurance right, money? Did someone set the fire was it electrical so she's got some detective in her
1: and listen to the tea she spills
3: he was stealing dead people's identities opening bank accounts in their names he served time in federal prison for check fraud
1: okay okay what (laughs) dad was stealing dead people's identities Had been in jail already federal federal Federal. And this is the moment where I said, okay, where has Aunt Linda been all this time? She should have been over at that house every damn week doing welfare checks, keeping these kids close. She should have been that, that kind of aunt. She Because it's like, Linda,
0: you know this is dangerous. Why aren't you coming through? Martin wouldn't allow her, though. You know? He would not allow anyone who was against him. Right. Um, those You're who right. are against the queen must die to steal a quote from 90 Day Fiance. <laughs>
1: You're right, you're right. That's why she was probably never around. But I'm like, yeah. well, you gotta start reaching out to the kids on AIM or something, sending them G-chat, something to get in
0: there. And so Lexi is immediately like, okay, he's shady. Thank you, yeah, I th- felt this. But she is like, oh my God, you think he killed my mom? Um, because Linda's the first person to sort of articulate that like he should be a suspect. I don't think this went down how it went down.
3: I just, I can't believe that. You're doing what Michelle did justifying his actions, finding a way to continue loving him. I always thought of you as being more like your dad, but seeing the best in people, that's something you have in common with your mother.
1: But here's the thing though. She's like, I don't know if he could have done this, but when Lexi goes home and confronts dad, it is very clear that he could have done did this. Listen to this.
5: And if you insist on continuing this crazy protest, I'm going to need you. To get out of this house.
1: Are you serious,
2: Dad?
5: I'm just protecting the girls. I mean, I can't have you acting this way in front of them. They've been through too much already.
2: So it comes down to her or me?
5: My house. I'm in charge.
1: I'll go pack my things then. Yeah? Flipped a dang switch. Mm -hmm. Flipped a switch. He like goes into his lower register. He's Mm -hmm. kind of talking. He almost sounds like a snake. You know what I mean? Like there's like a a, like a hiss, a snarl to his voice. I was like, it's crazy to go from being like, you are my daughter, you know, I have made you in my image, to like, I will get you arrested for trespassing. It was just like, oh my God. And while this is all happening, Gypsy just standing at the top of the stairs in head-to-toe, her leopard print pajamas, and she's got one of the girls on her hip. She's like holding
0: one of the girls. Well that's that is nannying she is holding a child so you go uh, gypsy job well done Okay, so Lexi's been thrown out of the house. So then we see her over the course of weeks, like, calling her dad, trying to... Because she's worried about her sisters. That's Right, uh, exactly. She If it was just Martin and Gypsy doing whatever... <laughs> right, was,
1: exactly. You'd be like, Kind of okay, strip bless.
0: Jenga they're doing. She'd be like, bye. <laughs> but she has three young sisters in there. So she's trying to, like, get back into his good graces to some extent so she can check on the girls. Right. Um,
1: but wait, and, also, I'm sorry, I start... Sh- I don't want to interrupt you. However, you did say something that I just, it really tickled my ear. Strip Jenga. Yeah. What kind of strip Jenga Martin and Gypsy are playing? This is a new phrase to me. I'm obsessed, Megat. Okay. Can you tell me,
0: about Strip Jenga. Yeah, so Strip Jenga was a major plot point on one of the seasons of Shaws of Sunset, <laughs> which is uh, what I would call like a B side Bravo show. Okay. And um, there's a, a married gay couple. And when one of the guys was out of town, it was rumored and alleged that his husband was playing Strip Jenga with people at their wow. house. Wow,
1: wow, yeah. wow, wow. Okay, so this is something that can actually happen.
0: Okay. Well, I think then- it's like. I think, you know, if you, if you pull a block, I'm just spitballing. Yeah, if you pull a block successfully, you can be like, take off a sock.
1: I you see, know? I see. Okay, okay, now back to the film. Thank you for explaining.
0: <laughs> okay, so uh, Martin says that Lexi can come back home if and only if she accepts Gypsy. I'm and it's like, like <laughs> accepts her as what? My lord and savior? Fine.
1: I know, it's also like... Gypsy don't seem to want to be accepted by you. Like, Gypsy don't care. Gypsy
0: don't like you.
1: You don't like Gypsy.
0: (laughs) So, Lexi's like, okay, fine. Gypsy's my mom. (laughs) Like, whatever. What do you want me to do? She's like, I'll accept Gypsy. And then, Lexi gets home, and Gypsy is living in Lexi's bedroom.
6: Welcome back.
0: This is my room.
6: Your dad thought I'd be more comfortable in here.
0: Like, what?!
1: You have to accept her. She has taken your space in the home. Yeah. What's the problem? And quite frankly, Gypsy, she ain't here to make friends. Listen to this.
6: Uh, So I guess you'll be taking them to school and ballet now that you're back? I'm a full-time nursing student. Didn't your dad tell you that? I don't have a lot of time to drive children, but I'll help around the house when I can. Your father is grieving right now. So if you're going to be staying, you need to support him. I
2: do what's best for my family.
0: Okay, it's like at this point, Gypsy, the act is like running very thin. Why don't you just be in Martin's bedroom? Like that's what, why do you need to be in Lexi's bedroom on her twin bed?
1: Like you're, yeah, it's like a day bed. With Martin. I know. I'm like, you're, yeah. you have a day bed and somehow this is you winning. But I'm going to tell you this the reason why I had to play that clip is because for me, this is when it got real. Because yeah. this is the first time for me in, in the history of a lifetime movie where I am rooting for a woman to murder another woman. All right. I was in. I was like, come on, Alexis. Come on, Alexis. Give me a letter opener. You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought she was going to grab something off the side. And that's ter- like, that's how huge these stakes were. This is how upset I got. Megan, I think we need to take a break because I'm just like, I am fuming with rage and I need to come down.
0: Yeah, you're hoping for violence. We should take a break.
6: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role.
5: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 upfront for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Okay, I've calmed down a little bit, but this movie is only going to enrage me further. As though I haven't watched it. Do you know what I mean? It's like even just in the retelling, I'm livid, Megan. Anyway... Later Lexi overhears her dad crying in his room and he's like, I'm sad over mom. And he's like, that's very good. You sound like the Count from Sesame Street. (laughs) That's my best
0: impersonation. One, two.
1: (laughs) Oh, good God. But as always, Crocodile Tears from Martin because basically he's like, you know what would help me feel better? (laughs) If we got rid of your mother's things, every single thing
5: will you help me pack it up? Yeah,
1: of course.
5: Okay. Okay, I'm gonna go sleep on the couch. It's probably gonna take you some time.
1: You
2: want me to do it right now?
5: I don't think we can live another day like this, do you?
2: Uh, yeah, go to sleep. I'll do it.
1: Great. I'll see you later. Like, he <laughs> leaves her alone <laughs> and to collect and get rid of her dead mother's effects, okay? This has been, I mean...
0: She maybe been dead a month, not even. Yeah. Also, you're rich, Martin. Just pay someone. Why do you have to like... You know, this is the thing I didn't
1: get, because it's like, you rich. But then it's like, okay, he comes the next morning. He's like, let's go to Disneyland with the girls. And he's also like, and we should drop one of the girls in in the Ukraine. (laughs) And I was like, okay, well, because they did adopt their daughters from the Ukraine. But the moment he's like, we just drop her off into Ukraine. I was like, okay, yeah. Martin, we see the plan here.
0: But how like, pissed would you be if you were like, Oh, okay, so my sisters are going to Disneyland and I'm going to Ukraine? <laughs> got it, got it. Thank exactly. you. I know. I've been living.
1: God. So uh, Sister that Disney
0: and Ukraine. <laughs>
1: sister Olivia got the real rough end of the stick. She honey. got the boot. <laughs> she really, I was like, okay, what did Olivia do to Martin? That he's like, <laughs> go to the Ukraine and keep her passport. Yes. And, but when they go to Disney. This is what I don't get. So it is Alexis, Martin, and three little girls. Yeah. And they are in a single motel room. Yeah. Okay, I was like, you're a doctor. You're Sunday school teacher of the year. Y'all couldn't get two adjoining rooms?
0: That's when Peggy chimed in and she said, why are they in such a bad motel? She called <laughs> it flea bag. Why are they in such a flea bag motel? So we all felt the same. I was like, my mom hadn't said anything in a while either. Like, she's like- <laughs> Listen, this man clearly killed his wife. This is where I draw the line, okay? You can't be having cement walls, bunk beds in a motel. We're talking Anaheim. This ain't Hollywood, baby. You can afford a hotel in Anaheim. I'm pissed. Oh my God. We were all pissed, all three of us universally. Martin, spend the money. Spend the money. You know what? You're a cheap piece of shit. Okay, trigger warning, sexual assault.
1: Because Lexi and her dad have to share a bed, which I don't know about that. I don't know about sharing a bed as, a, like, an adult daughter with a father. I don't know about that, okay? I don't, yeah. But they share a bed, and in his sleep, question mark, because you don't know what's real with Martin. You know what I mean? He yeah. pretending to be asleep. He... um. Reach. He begins to um, touch caress. Lexi's yeah. body, caress her yeah. body in a sexual manner. Okay, mm-hmm. and of course she gets up, freaks out. You're
2: touching me, Dad. Keep me. Your voice
5: down. They can hear you.
2: No, I'm not going to. Maybe they should know what might happen. I didn't to them. know it was you. Spare me the excuses, Dad. Look,
5: I'm a very, very sexual person.
1: Stop. This is so inappropriate. You know, they end up fighting. They're like fighting in the parking lot outside the motel.
5: Was my physical life supposed to die with your mother? I,
1: I told you not to talk about
2: it. You don't like
5: realize that. how hard it was without Michelle. Gypsy's been a rock without her. I don't know what I might have done. You are tearing
2: the family apart, Dad. All because of this nanny with benefits. I don't understand.
5: No, you're tearing this family apart. And now you will never see them again.
1: Basically, he retaliates by driving off with the girls. Yeah. Okay? Middle of the night, motel in Anaheim. Lexi standing outside in her pajamas and got
0: nothing to a name and he done drove off. I mean, it's all bad. It's so weird. It's so creepy. Um, I don't know that it, it's a major misstep in his master plan. Yeah. Because it really, it really makes Lexi be like, Okay, now I'm done with you and now I'm gonna get these girls away from you.
1: Right. Well, it's it you would think you would think that would be it, right? The moment this yeah. happens, because basically all she does have is her pink razor phone and she calls Aunt Linda and is like, I don't know what to believe, but I but I know I need to save my sisters.
3: Well, we need to prove that he's committed a crime. He has committed a crime.
2: I'm going to report him for sexual assault.
1: But when Lexi and Aunt Linda go to Child Protective Services, they're like, we can't really do nothing. And it's like, I'm telling you he assaulted me and I don't think the minors there yeah. are safe. And she's like, mm, uh, she's, I mean. Well,
0: she's like, "You didn't did you file um a, a police
1: report?" A, a yeah, police yeah. report.
0: And she's like, "No, because if I file a police report, they're going to investigate it and it's going to tip him off and then I'm afraid he's going to do something." And right. so she's really caught in this like cycle of not being able to do anything because to do anything is going to alert this man who is clearly insane. Well, and also the
1: problem is, and again, they don't talk too much. They don't really touch on this in the movie as much. But, you know, the truth of it is, you know, they do live in Utah. They are practicing Mormons. And dad has such a high standing in the community. Yeah. So that's also why it's like, well, we can't just come at him with anything. The cops don't want to investigate him. They don't want to believe anything's wrong. And so he's able to use all that standing to kind of, well, not kind of, to get away with murder and that's what's so frustrating because also too when she's like, did you file a police report? I'm like, these cops ain't doing nothing. Aunt Linda already tried and she had a full folder of evidence, okay? So what's the point of filing the report? So it was so frustrating to watch that scene to me. It was like almost as frustrating as, you know, watching dad get away with anything.
0: And then what comes next is crazy because Martin calls Lexi and it's like,
5: Lexi, I don't have the strength to pull our family out of this emotional abyss. So I've decided that your sisters deserve a fresh start with the Millers.
0: <laughs> it was like who, who are, are the Millers? The the Jennifer Aniston film? What is happening?
1: <laughs> I was like, you just gave your kids to somebody, so a ran, a true random. And and Lexi, she she goes to the Millers' house and is like trying to knock on the door, you know, to be like, um, what's going on? And they're gone. Yeah. And but who's there? Who comes? Martin. Da- Martin's there. Martin McNeil's waiting for her with a g- evil glint in his eye. And Lexi's like, no one's talked to the Millers in years. Like, okay, can we just for a second address the fact that the Millers did take in these children? Yeah. If I ain't hurt. Megan, if you and I were to grow apart and then you call me in 15 years and you're like, hey, will you take my kid? I'm just going through a lot right now. Kids. Kids. Three. Are, oh, three, three. I'm like, I would be like, um, new phone, who this? You know what Uh, I mean? Yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry. Um, I can't just take three children for you because you are someone who is not in my life. I don't know these kids. Also, I'd be like, I don't have three kid money. I can't take care of three kids.
0: Is this allowed? Are you allowed to adopt children and then just give them to another family? I've never, it's re-gifting children. (laughs) I have never heard of this. It does not seem legal. (laughs) Like, I'm like, is there paperwork? What is- What what is the legality that's taking place?
1: Right, right. (sighs) But basically Martin nothing thinks he can get away with anything. Yes. And listen to this like heinous fight that Martin and Alexis have outside of the Miller's house. I'm not like you.
5: You're just like me. You're daddy's little girl.
2: Maybe so. But you know what I learned from you, Dad? How to fight. (laughs) I'll
5: destroy you. I'll get you expelled from medical school.
0: There's no reason for me to be expelled. Yeah, so he's threatening her. Ooh. he's like push this with me, and and I'm gonna and I'm gonna ruin your life I'm, even more than it already is. Which right, is exactly. Like, like, you he already killed, killed her mom. You he took her sisters away. Like med school is a drop <laughs> in the bucket. Right, right.
1: Oh god, it's like it was so. T- it was so. It made me so sad because it's like yeah, all this She's stuff helpless. happens. Hopeless. Yeah, and like you think like your father. Like when you have a yeah. parent turn on you it just ruins the entire foundation on which you built your entire yeah. existence
0: so it's like and this <sighs> is her biological father yeah um this is she is of his <sighs> genetics of I his know, flesh very upsetting. Oh, so as she is leaving the Millers um she does get a call and the toxicology report which does take three to six weeks has finally come back can I give you a number to fax it to?
1: I love it because then she and Aunt Linda, investigator extraordinaire, they go over it and basically there's plenty of proof that she was killed because it was Mm -hmm. literally like she has seven different drugs in her system. That ain't drowning in the tub. That is being poisoned. Okay? Right. So then they take the info to the police and they're like, but he was also like, (laughs) wait, what were they like, Megan? Exactly. And also really mean about it. Like he was like literally like pretending to be on the phone. He like looked at her like it was like so rude that I was like, what did she ever do to you? Like he's so mean. And so then they just have to leave. And then when Lexi decides to go visit the girls at the Miller's, Mrs. Miller, she is a strong black woman. I was shocked. (laughs) I mean, you know, that didn't happen in real life. No. This is in the middle of Utah.
0: Um, I was the, like, "What are they? The, is she the only black woman in Utah?" And he exact.
1: found her. Okay, absolutely not. It's like, trust me, there are only about twelve black people in Utah, but nobody giving them their kids. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, uh, uh-uh, this was okay. Okay, this is a movie. This is fictional. The
0: Miller's backyard is nice, so that it's was good. Gorge,
1: yes, <laughs> but Mrs. Miller. Is, you know, I was happy because it was very refreshing to have an adult who wasn't crazy and another Mm -hmm. like ally. Because basically she's like,
2: your dad is threatening to send the girls back to Ukraine, just like Olivia. What? They said Olivia never wanted to go see her sister at all. That the whole trip was your father's idea.
1: So basically, the children he adopted from the Ukraine. He was about to try to send back, so him and Gypsy could live. And it's like, I'm sorry, when you adopt, no backsies, Is this no backsies. Like, what? It don't make no I, sense.
0: I don't understand because it's like Martin isn't your whole like, desire to not be caught. Exactly. Don't you think if you if you send back your adopted daughters to a totally different country, that's gonna raise some red flags?
1: I know, I know. And also, I feel like the Ukraine would be like what are these girls doing here? We sent them away 12 years ago. Like, I just, like, uh, Anyway, so Lexi, when she hears that, she has had enough. She gets legal papers uh, drawn up that grant her temporary custody of the girls, and she goes into the house, and she demands he signs. And he's, like, with Gypsy. They're, like, in the bathroom. She's in a little slip and robe combo. He's like putting on a tie to go, I don't know what, pretend he's a doctor and probably start a new relationship. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's the thing about like when you get with somebody through cheating, I don't know
0: how you can ever really trust them. Cause it's like you know what they do because they did it with you. Well and this is an extra like I mean he killed his wife and killing her to get her out of the way.
4: I'm like Gypsy, nah we can't date. Are you, so are you never
0: date. gonna take a bath? I know.
1: I know. Oh, God, surprisingly, though, he does sign over the temporary custody. But then that night when the kids are asleep, he like knocks on the window and starts screaming and threatening them. And is like,
5: I know everybody in Pleasant Grove. You've been visiting the police and the state's attorney's office and the media telling them that I killed your mother.
2: I'm going to call the police, dad. I'm calling the police.
5: If you think that I'm capable of murdering her then you better stop and consider what else I might be capable
1: of. And the girls start freaking out naturally. Poor Janie. Janie. Oh my God. So then Lexi has to move the girls to a hotel. Now they're in a motel that makes sense to me because she is a medical student who suddenly has custody of three children. So yes, Fleabag Motel. She's in the bathroom trying to do her med school homework, which I said, Mm. honey, Mm -mm. I think you need to take the semester off.
0: Okay. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) Given everything going on, leave of absence, honey. Yeah. Yeah, but she's recording something to try and like memorize the bones or the connections or whatever. <laughs> and then Wait, her dad- Wait, what is
1: medicine, Megan? What is
0: medical school? Uh, bones, the connections. The connections, the, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the memorize the, g-
1: the bones the, and the connections. The
0: My tummy goes into my intestines. My intestines go into my colon. Isn't that the song?
1: <laughs> I don't know that song, but now- <laughs> well, That's how they you look.
0: in Indiana. <laughs> 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 I, I believe that. I
1: believe that. That checks out. That and that's why
0: my body was made okay so <laughs> <laughs> she is recording herself and then she gets an idea like oh maybe I should record my psycho dad Yeah, and so she calls him back and is like sorry the phone didn't go through what were you saying <laughs> And and basically gets him to admit on a recording to sexually assaulting her
2: like that night in the motel when you touched me that was grief right
5: Yes, exactly.
2: It just took me a while to realize that because it it was so shocking. When you put your hands all over me.
5: I, I know what I did. I, I just want to know if you forgive me now.
1: Lifetime can be a little punk, you know, a little yeah. like anti-establishment because like women are constantly being failed at every turn in the world of mm-hmm. Lifetime. And also in real life. But basically the court will not move forward with the case, even though they have
0: him on recorded media saying he did it. I mean, I mean, it's just like, and and that's sort of when Lexi hits a wall and it's like, I don't know, like this is what I had him on. And if I can't get him on that, then I don't know what else to do. And in a beautiful turn of events, yes. Unbeknownst to her, a cop who is like, I'm busy or whatever, yeah. Um, he goes to visit a retired investigator, Cal, yeah. who's Cal. at his favorite diner that yeah, he calls his Cal's office. Very
1: sweet, he's got Ed Asner vibes, oh R.I.P. Ed God. Asner, but he's really had uh, that yes. energy, yeah. He has that energy.
0: Yes, and so the cop is like, listen, I don't have time for this. But the, um, but here's the thing, right? It's about women helping, because he was like, I don't have time for this, but they won't leave us
1: alone. So will you look into it, basically, right? Because yeah. Linda and Alexis are like, you need to solve this. The cops are eventually like, fine, give it to Cal.
0: Yeah, and so Cal, like, you know, we see him sort of like, look at it like, huh, maybe once I finish this crossword.
1: <laughs> but here's the thing, though. Cal literally looks over things in the diner, honey, over a cup of coffee and has a mountain of evidence that Bruce Martin is evil. It's like, Well, if the cops had just read any of the information that had already been put together, this would have been a wrap.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Then after a surprise phone call from Olivia, Alexis and Aunt Linda go to confront Martin and Gypsy at their house. They're trying to get her passport back and Martin pretends he has no idea where it is. And so then Aunt Linda threatens him. Listen to this. If you
3: prefer, we can call the adoption agency. I'm sure they'd be very happy to hear about your treatment of
1: Olivia. And so then Martin is like, okay, fine. Here's the damn
0: passport. And then Alexis and Aunt Linda meet the detective Cal, love Cal, at the diner. And he begins to drop some bombshells about Martin's past. But unfortunately, he says there's just not enough evidence to convict him. But that's when Aunt Linda comes through with some big news. Take it away, Aunt Linda.
3: It seems that Martin appeared in court with Olivia and had her name changed. Except he did this while she was in Ukraine. Why? Well, he had her name changed to Jillian Martin. Gypsy. That's why he wanted her passport. Stealing a child's identity is one way to wipe out your mistress's debts. They really were made for each other.
6: Identity fraud. This is concrete. This is something we can have him arrested for.
1: Finally, something tangible and easy to nail him on, because again, he's a slippery eel. So there's nothing that feels better than when the FBI storms their house and arrests oh Martin gosh. and Gypsy. The only thing I didn't like is that, like, it was you see Alexis watching, you know, from like across the lawn but it's all in silence, but you hear Mm -hmm. Gypsy screaming and I'm like, I really wish I could hear what she was screaming.
0: Like her just being like, I didn't do anything. I'm a nanny, you know? Well, and I've seen an interview with real life Gypsy and she's like, I don't know. I just did what Martin told me to do. And the 2020s woman's like, but you stole a 13 year old's identity. And she's like, I don't know. My name is Gypsy. So finally, like, finally he's getting his comeuppance.
1: Yes. And even while being handcuffed, he has time (laughs) to play mental games with Alexis and try to take her down a peg.
5: You did this to your own father.
2: I learned from the best.
5: I've been charged before. You'll see. I'll be out soon.
2: Maybe so. But it still gives us time to build our murder case.
5: Oh, listen to yourself trying to destroy your father's life
2: i trusted you i loved you dad i wanted to be just like you
5: exactly and who are you now
2: well i'm on my way to becoming a doctor a real one you know someone who doesn't fake their medical degree
6: you
1: don't realize you created your worst adversary yes yes and finally things are turning because then Cal says there's been a new coroner. Thanks somebody mom. again doing a job. What what you wanna bet the coroner's a woman? I've decided in the movie yeah. that the coroner's a woman. The yeah. The new fights, coroner. The new coroner. The new coroner. And she's ruled mom's death is uncertain. So now dad can be charged with murder cuz before when it was natural causes obviously it was like well there was no murder but the moment you say uncertain it's like okay well somebody done did it. We that. don't know what
0: happened. Yeah. Exactly. And so Cal says they are going to arrest and charge him that day. Ooh. ooh, Cal. Cal gets a hash browns on Cal. <laughs> Oh,
1: I love Cal I hope he gets free food at I diner know I hope
0: we get to be like go to the same diner everyday retirees that seems like yeah. a fun life
1: yeah well that's you the know? thing I love about New York I feel like I would retire in New York people say the city is so busy and stuff but mm-hmm. if you are like old and live alone you can just like walk outside your door and within mm-hmm. two blocks do what you need to do you know yeah. and I gotta have like a diner on the corner I gotta have my little bodega
0: yeah. you know that's what Fran's always preaching yeah Okay, so the next scene is Lexi testifying in court. And this courtroom is beautiful. I don't know <laughs> if I've been in my house too long, but I was like, this could be a wedding venue. <laughs> High ceilings, gorgeous details. I said, it was Utah, pretty. listen, I don't agree with everything, but your court is beautiful.
1: <laughs> it was really pretty. I was like, wait, what is this layout? Really <laughs> yeah. Beautiful hey. golden hues. Yes. I felt like she was very close to her dad. Like, it was like, So the witness stand was separate from the judge's seating area, the way we normally see it, you guys. So it's like, okay, maybe that was lifetime creative license to get everybody in the frame. I don't know. Point is, gorgeous. Whoever scouted locations did the thing. And that's what we love. And Lexi testifies in court. She breaks it all down, y'all. She is telling exactly what she thinks happened like beat by beat
2: i think he found a way to get those pills into her system probably through her breakfast we know he made her breakfast that morning the pills would take some time to take effect so that allowed him to go to work and make a few phone calls at the clinic just enough time to build his alibi once he had his alibi he went home and he left her in the tub, figuring that the pills would finish the job. And then he went to pick up my little sister, Janie, from school. She was six years old. He wanted his six-year-old daughter to find her mom unconscious. And then he, he sent her to the neighbors, but there was just one problem. My mother was not dead yet. She wanted to live. The coroner's report stated that the blood had settled in her back, so she couldn't have been slumped over the side of the tub like he said to police. He killed her. He hadn't called 911 until he drowned her. He knew by then that would have been too late. He knew exactly what he was doing.
0: Okay, so the the testimony is... Damning, yeah. Um, and then and then basically the jury is away deliberating. Uh, we do get a Nancy Grace cameo. Yes. Um, she is the producer of this film, so yeah. she is in, and she's like given the tea on the case. Yeah. And then the jury is back. They read the verdict
5: in the state of Utah versus Martin Joseph McNeil. We, the jury, find the defendant as to count one murder
6: guilty.
0: Guilty of first degree murder. The worst kind. <laughs> the worst kind. And he is, it's so interesting because like, as he's
1: being carted away where they're like, Mr. McNeil, and he gets all mad and he goes, Dr. McNeil. And it's like,
0: even yeah, when dog. you've
1: been- <laughs> found guilty of murder you trying to play the i'm a doctor card it's like oh, no sir
0: yes and and they mention it in in this movie but in real life he stole someone else's transcript to get into medical school yes so like he is sm- and it's it's not all the way to like doctor death level but he shouldn't have gotten into medical school right he didn't have good grade, like it he, him being a doctor is like the, the thinnest ice to be standing on.
1: Exactly. But then also too, when, the, you know, when you do find out he falsified those transcripts to get into medical school, then I'm like, is he even a lawyer? Like, it is just right. funny that like for something he made up, he really went hard. He too was like, hard. I'm a doctor and a lawyer. Yeah, And it's just like, okay, I think this is excessive. That should have been my yeah. first clue. Cause it's too like, much. why are you both? Yeah, it's yeah, too yeah. much.
0: Okay, so we cut to three years later. That may be the longest time we've cut I know. Two. Mm-hmm. Um, Lexi is bringing fresh flowers to her mother's grave.
1: And she does reveal that her father Martin killed himself in prison.
0: And that uh, is something
1: I guess I should be sad about, but I'm not, because I'm also going to tell you that I'll, in that scene, I know this was not the point. I couldn't help but notice she had an an engagement ring and wedding band. (gasps) I didn't notice that. I did, and I was like, okay, so did she get married in the three years since? She did. Like, I was like, okay, I wanted, because then I was like expecting to see like a husband walk up, you know, or like a toddler come or something. That
0: wasn't the point. And then it's like, did she graduate medical school? Like, how did that all work out? Right,
1: right. But you know what? It wasn't really about medical school and a man. It was about justice for her mother, justice for the whole family, and- That is how we end our film. Hmm. What a ride.
6: Yeah. What a a a ride.
1: A true ride. True ride. I felt like I was being shaken. I was on a tilter whirl is how I felt. And it was amazing just because I think like he was so openly evil so early. You know what I mean? Like we had almost like an hour of pure evil. And it's a lot to just see someone be evil and like to keep kind of evading, evading, evading. And then finally it comes together.
0: And if... Linda hadn't been I mean, like the cops even say it. They're like, God, this woman won't like she was truly a dog with a bone. Yeah. And and that's the only reason that he was brought to justice is because yeah. Linda Lexi just would not let this go.
1: Right. Absolutely. Oh, my God. There's so much to discuss right now. And I'm so excited that we have the most special of special guests today, you guys. We have Charisma Carpenter, formerly of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and everything I've ever loved. All right? <laughs> She's also in The Expendables. We don't talk about that enough. And Charisma played Michelle McNeil in this lifetime movie.
6: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do,
1: Okay, this is the time we have all been waiting for. We are here with one of the stars of The Good Father, okay? We're here with Charisma Carpenter, and this is
0: huge for both of us.
1: Is that correct, Megan? Yes. Yes,
0: (laughs) big
4: for us. So, what are we talking about today? uh,
1: Hi! Hi, Charisma. Hi! Charisma, you're looking stunning and... Beautiful. Charisma, thank you so much for coming and talking to us about this movie,
4: My pleasure. I'm so excited to meet you and talk about everything that we um, do and experience. It's so crazy, this genre of true crime. And now we're trying to transition the true crime into scripted television. So this is like a whole new thing. And Lifetime is just kind of breaking us all in on that.
0: Absolutely. I mean, and and this movie is no exception because this is based on a true crime and a true family. You are playing the matriarch of the family who is um, Michelle McNeil, Michelle McNeil, who's the first known um, victim in in the family that we meet. How do you approach a role when you know that you're portraying a real life person who has family and loved ones that are that are potentially going to be seeing it?
4: Well, first of all, it helps to be a mom to kind of have that sense of being a matriarch and 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 uh, showing up for your children in, in the right ways or the ways or in, in a loving way, um, in a supporting way. And then, but I'm also very unfamiliar with Michelle in the sense that like, I'm not accustomed to just doing that. I'm accustomed to being also the breadwinner. So I was different from Michelle in that sense. Um, but it's not hard to... Uh, to, to make that transition. And I think the most challenging thing was to, you know, asking my eldest daughter to sneak into my husband's laptop was a bit touchy for me. I was like, that's like a, that's like not a good thing. And then she kept saying like, you're smarter than me. And then everything that I knew about Michelle was that she was actually really rather smart and she was quite the catch. So I was trying, you know, it was just a lot of conversations and a lot of meetings with the director to kind of talk about those things. And Annie Bradley, the director was just so magnificent and she understood the storage and by proxy, the characters. So I really, uh, just deferred to her and Mm -hmm. and trusted.
1: I I will say though I Megan and I also talked about that where we were like okay this mom is pushing a little too much on yes. her, leaning too much on her daughter but I do think in a way it were it serves the film in that it shows you you know we're really meeting your character towards the tail, you know, at the end, this person, breaking, this husband, is right. yes, the husband yeah. has done a number on her. And mm-hmm, I think you mm-hmm. show how this, how someone can really get in your head and make you doubt every facet of yourself because, mm. you
4: know, that is such a great point, Naomi, because I think that is universal. And a lot of, relationships that you see, uh, spousal abuse or, you know, that sort of thing where you have these incredible women that become vulnerable to the men in their lives who have just worn them down to not Mm -hmm. believe in themselves, to not trust their instincts, you know, because the manipulation and the gaslighting, you know, this is a very good point. And, and I, I have a friend who's has a friend that's actually going through that right now. Yes. And you're just going, I don't understand this person is so intelligent and so yeah. bright and have so much going on for them. Like she doesn't need this person. How could she like not see her worth? You know, it's mm-hmm. just frustrating, um, but common, but Yeah, common.
0: And, and so sad in Michelle's case, because you see this loving sister who really picks up the investigation when yes. the police won't. And they had been what it seemed like, estranged or he had been like, you're not going to be a part of her life. And so they isolate you. And those mm-hmm. people that help you see this isn't right are no longer yeah. outlets for you because you've be- had to be cut off from them. It's, I yeah. mean, it's he's a con, he's a con socio- man. Yeah. 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 sociopath,
1: Definitely. I mean, and it's so funny because, you know, Tom Everett Scott is normally, he p- normally plays such a nice guy. And I oh, was like, you, have, he chilled me to the bone, <laughs> chilled me to the bone.
4: Uh <laughs> I concur. And, um, it was really impressive because he could not be any nicer. He could not be more chill. He could not be, you know, this just speaks to his acting, you know, yeah, uh, abilities. Yeah. It's fantastic.
1: I know that lifetime movies, you know, they shoot pretty quick, right? You got, you gotta, you gotta do a lot in a short amount of time, but you and Anwell who plays, the oldest daughter. It, you guys really she was do
0: fantastic.
1: You mm-hmm. seem to have a, a real lived in relationship, which sometimes oh, to you. me, I felt I feel like when you see like a mother daughter, you're like, okay, these two gals are just getting they drinks just met. by the pool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They just met, but you guys really did that. Is that is that something that is easy for you to sort of jump into a character, get on set, and just be like, you're my child now, and we're gonna do this?
4: I think so. I think that's my <laughs> own. That's like a. I'm a caretaker or nurturer by nature. So I feel that that is kind of um, true. It has been true, but it's also not been true Um, (laughs) where I hope what I give is mirrored back in that sense. Mm -hmm. And I I felt, I think immediately with her, with Anwen, when we did the table read via Zoom, I was wowed. So I think it wasn't hard for me to just go, Oh my gosh, she is and embodies. You can tell that intelligence is there, and those choices. That, that intelligence is in, in her choices, and mm-hmm. her tone, and her composure, and her delivery. And so, I I immediately was drawn to her and her abilities. And then, you know, on set, it was interesting because I could trust her to caretake me, because mm-hmm. that was the nature of that relationship. Yeah. Wow, she was yeah. my caretaker.
1: Right, 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 right. I also, you know, I, I did watch Surviving Evil and I was gonna ask you sort of, you know, having done that show, now telling this story for a lifetime, what is it for you that has you drawn to telling these true crime stories, for lack of a better term? Oh. Obviously surviving Evil was not true crime stories, you know, like obviously survivor stories, but just, you know, as you said, dealing with real people and real things that have happened.
4: Well, it, they were crimes that were true, that did happen. Mm-hmm. It was amazing to, to be able to do those shows and why it was important to me and why I like it is it speaks to the strength of spirit
6: mm-hmm.
4: and it speaks to the ability as humans to dig deep when we just don't have anymore. Mm. And then you, you read this story about the Martin McNeil story and you read Michelle's story and she didn't survive. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, she started to know, but nobody believed her. Yeah, And so I think the opportunity here is by through telling this story is to look for the signs, mm-hmm. um, to listen to your gut, to encourage women to listen to their gut mm-hmm. and to, uh, seek help mm-hmm. and, yeah. um, you know, take the necessary steps, but here again, it wouldn't have mattered for Michelle because unfortunately the dynamic that Martin, you know, he's very charming. He was a lawyer, he was a doctor, he was a faith-based leader in his his church. He was a community star, you Mm -hmm. know, he, he was, You know, he would never, you know, like the cops just took his word for it. Right. You have to do due diligence and we have to listen to people when they say I don't feel safe or something's wrong or, you know, it's I think that those are some of the compelling reasons to do this stuff and why it's so rewarding to me and why I do it.
0: Thank you so, so much. I mean, it's it's powerful to hear that. Naomi and I talked a lot about like, you know, there's not judgment we can put on her because we live in California as very like w- women that are taught to speak their mind and do what they want. And it's just, it was, it was a different time. It's a different place. Right. It's a different faith. And and the set of circumstances were not our own. Mm-hmm.
1: You were magnificent. And this movie is so, it, it, you know, it is, as you said, there's a lot of important messaging in this. So mm-hmm. I hope if all of you have yeah. watched it. And if you're going to watch, uh, it will be very good. And charisma, thank you again for coming and chatting
0: with us.
4: Oh, thank you for having me. And please keep your eyes on Anwen on as she, oh, just called. She is <laughs> going to be a massive star.
0: <laughs> Amazing female directors. That's important too. Yep.
4: Yes, definitely give kudos to Annie Bradley. And I wanted to thank you know our producers Howard Bronstein and you know Josh and Nancy Grace and um, yeah, this is this this is definitely. Uh, Women centric. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Ah, oh, charisma was so lovely. Yeah. And, and really had, I think amazing insights that went beyond what we were even able to see, you know, sometimes Definitely. it is like, yeah, we got to get the people that were a part of the film. And that's just a whole nother level of, of information and, and you know she talked about the responsibility and that's yeah. so true
1: yeah it is her death that starts off not just the movie
0: but this man's downfall right
1: yes. in real life and so but it's also interesting because in terms of acting time the, you know she there's not a lot in terms of mm-hmm. the percentage of the movie and yet it drives the whole thing you it's know what the i mean catalyst, like, right? yeah, and It's yeah it's like and he is, had
0: he had a full life of crime before he even but, met this woman and right. and then and then dragged her into it
1: right but she also Ooh, just gets you on board so quickly. I was like, yeah. that is the acting. This is like what I, mm-hmm. I should have asked her where she
0: where she learned. I need to be I going know. to the charisma carpenter school. But it, I mean, it just shows how loved um she was yeah. that it set off his downfall.
1: Yes, absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. Oh my god, All right. chills.
0: Well, I know. This absolutely. We'll take a we'll take a breath. Oh, wow. Okay, so next week we have a TV premiere that we're covering. So that's always very, very exciting. This film is called Dying to Belong. It's a remake of the classic 1997 film of the same name. And the movie follows journalism major Olivia when she decides to rush Pi Gamma Beta. Okay, exciting. (laughs) With her new friend Riley, intrigued by the opportunity to go undercover to write a story about amazing practices, Olivia soon discovers there are deadly secrets involved in being part of the sisterhood. Wow, we are just taking sororities to task on this. Absolutely. And the mother of Riley is played by the iconic Shannon Doherty.
1: Okay, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. I can't wait. And also, fun fact, do you know the original was produced by the father of the executive producer of the new one? Okay. (gasps) A family affair. Family affair, uh, legacy producing, okay? And, you are and of, like
0: legacy in the good way, not in the way of you're going to be forced to join a sorority and bad things are going to happen.
1: Uh-huh, legacy of you get to go to Harvard. Anyway, we're going to talk to both of them and that's going to be great. So you guys, you might want to strap in, mark your cows because this this movie drops this Saturday, October 9th at 8 p.m. All right? On, life, on Lifetime. Well, yeah. Okay. Okay, <laughs> we got to go. Don't say we never gave you anything. I love a Lifetime movie. If you love Lifetime movies as much as we do, tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN because it just
0: might be the movie we talk about next. This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. Absolutely not. (laughs) I Love a Lifetime Movie is produced by Julie Magruder With Chris Boniello as editor and sound mixer. Executive produced by Jesse Katz and Ted Butler.
1: With original music by Blake
0: Maples. And hosted by Naomi and Megan. Us. 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 I mean, you you should
1: know that by now. If you've gotten to this point, you should know that we're the hosts, okay?
0: (laughs) It feels like we don't even need to say it, but we'll put ourselves in the credits. (laughs)